Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 31st day of March 2022. Happy Thursday, happy... Happy last day of March. See you later, Smarch. Started off this morning cold. This afternoon, it's still chilly, but it's at least sunny out. So maybe those April showers will bring May flowers or whatever. Anyway, as long as we get past May Day and the communists are still pissed, we'll be winning. I appreciate the use of your ears. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. You can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com, or better yet, you go to patreon.com slash Podcast. You sign up for the Week in Effin' Review. You sign up for the um, for its banned. I'm sure I'll get banned. I'll get banned from here, too. So be it. The left is going really full-blown crazy, especially after today's show. Today's show is going to be... Uh, I almost thought about naming it Chicks with... I mean, we're adults, right? I'm not going to curse throughout the whole show. I was going to call it Chicks with Dicks, but I can't because you put that in the name and then all the different providers that it goes to will um, go, oh, we couldn't do that. Somebody will listen to it and they'll flag it and say, this is a hate speech. When in reality, it's just speech. It's just a look at reality. The the left is trying to do the language. I'll get to all that. It'll be self-explanatory and the audio's insane. But yes, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. That way, if we are taken actually off of all the platforms and everything, I will, since I get an email notification every time somebody becomes a new patron then i'll have your email and if we get booted from everything i'll at least be able to email you and say hey this is where we landed or this is how you get it now because you just it's sad that it's come to this but this is what happens when the tech companies become the nazis of the time so patreon.com slash derek hunter podcast five bucks a month to help the show get extra shows get all sorts of bonus content and enter to win either adam carolla or matt walsh signed books book one from each. So uh, there you go. It's all self-explanatory. Just like going to getthetea.com is self-explanatory where you go to get the tea. You get the tea. It's a life change tea that will change your life. It's a tea that makes you go. It'll make you poop. Let's just be honest. It'll clean you out. Squeegee your innards. And then you will get more energy from the food that you eat. You get the nutrition. Right now your body's not absorbing all of the nutrition from the food. You're certainly not as much as it could. Probably not as much as it should. If you find yourself dragging around in the afternoon, this might be a factor as to why. GetTheTea.com, promo code Derek at checkout for free, fast shipping, great product, great results. And uh, yeah, regularity. Speaking of regularity, let's get on with our regular programming. Lots of things going on. Of course, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to get to today, but we've got to start with the happiest place on earth. The hap- I'm not even going to play any of their music. It's uh, 
one of those things where you sit there and you scratch your head and you go, this is your priority. This is your priority in life. This is the priority in life, the pandering, the nonstop pandering to a tiny fraction of the population is going to be one of those things that archaeologists in the future will look at and scratch their heads going, they did what for, for what? What's going on here? Well, that's who they are. That's who the left is. That's what they insist on is absolute conformity. And anything short of that is uh, unacceptable as a hate crime and absolute conformity on things that don't really matter. It's amazing. You know, it's one thing being in favor of gay rights. It's another thing being ruled by gay rights and make no mistake. Pretty much every corporation in America is ruled in fear, out of fear, by about 1% to 2% of the population. And actually, if you look at it, the gay people I know really don't give a damn about this stuff. They're sickened, by and large, by a huge percentage of the so-called LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ leadership and the demands that they put out. Most gay people I've known, some I've known since high school, some good friends, my oldest friends, as a matter of fact, they're not interested in talking to children about their private lives, their personal lives, their sex lives in any way, shape, or form. They're just not, in, but there is a percentage who are. Not because they're all groomers. They're not all groomers. They're not all trying to, you know, create a generation of gay children or whatever. Although I guarantee you there's some of that. There's some of that. Because I don't think you can convince somebody to be gay, but you can certainly confuse a kid into thinking, ah, maybe I'm not really a boy. Maybe I'm a girl. Or maybe I'm not really a girl. Maybe I'm a boy. Why? Because you can't, look, you, gay is what you're attracted to. Your gender identity is something you don't give a second's worth of thought to as a child because who the hell would? There's something wrong. Is people who have wild insecurities, parental issues, daddy issues, mommy issues, however you want to look at it, they have problems. They don't want to deal with them, so they look externally for an excuse to cover for them. Sometimes, look, some problems that people have, psychological in nature, some, some uh, traumas from childhood are just too painful. People don't want to deal with them. Can't really blame them. But people used to just brood and be miserable people to themselves, a horrible, miserable SOB. Now they've got to inflict themselves on everybody else. Many people on the left have discovered that misery loves company. And so they set out to try and make everybody miserable. What they lack in human beings actually giving a damn about them, they can plug part of that hole, never fully, they never fully plug it. They can plug part of that hole by bossing people around, by having the ability to tell everybody to what's going My kids, they, uh, I don't, I've, I think I've seen most of these two movies. But they're, they're horrible. I've never sat down with them and watched them from uh, stem to stern. But there's uh, two movies starring Alec Baldwin, everybody's favorite movie murderer, um, called Boss Baby, right? They love the Boss Baby when it first came out or when they first discovered it. I guess it had been out for a while. 
And during the pandemic and during winter months, you're like, I'm desperate to find something to entertain them. And you find Boss Baby. And they loved it. They wanted to watch it over and over and over again and blah, blah, blah. And I get it. It's a kid's movie and kids' movies are mindless and it makes them happy. Who cares? But even to this day, which is six months later or more since they first discovered Boss Baby, if you call either one of them a boss baby, whenever they're being crabby, they get mad. I'm not a boss baby. I'm not being a boss baby. But for so many leftists, there is something desperately missing in them that causes them to want to boss people around, to tell people what to do. Maybe they, they were loved wrong. They were abused as children. They were not abused as children. They were spanked too much, spanked not enough, whatever it is. They desperately want to be the boss of somebody. They're not particularly bright enough or at least applying themselves enough to attain a position of authority over other human beings in a work environment. They're too young in many cases to do that, but they have an incredible sense of entitlement. Their parents didn't love them or their parents indulged them far too much. Their schooling was more focused on making sure they had high self-esteem rather than um, any marketable knowledge base, any sort of skills that they could later apply in life. And so they've graduated high school because of likely social promotion, just moving kids along, or having done just enough and being cheered as though they are saving the world, they've probably failed out of college or are taking classes in college that only reinforce their wild insecurities, and then they end up being unemployable afterwards. All they have in life is yelling and screaming at everybody else, these are my pronouns, why are you denying my pronouns? And they're making up words to justify their pronouns. My pronouns are words you've never heard before and can't pronounce. They've got an empty set in the middle of it and parentheses and brackets and, and all sorts. It's a dollar sign. That's my pronoun and you refusing to do it is a, a hate crime against me. And instead of talking or really just ignoring these people, making them come to terms with just how big of pains in the rear ends they are and how nobody loves them and it's their fault. It's not society who's rejecting them. Uh, we've coddled them and corporations are coddling them. You got to love what's going on now in the woke Olympics. It used to be, well, you're uh, discriminating against these poor minorities. Minorities was the thing. Now it's marginalized communities. The most, when I was a kid, community was your neighborhood, all right? If you found a pack of firecrackers, you tried to find the most secluded place in your, you know, it was, for my case, it was like a square mile. Uh, the busy roads were the boundaries. And you wanted to find the most secluded place in that square mile, it was actually smaller than a square mile because it was eight mile the beach to Grand River, which was not all the way to seven miles. So it was about you know, three quarters of a square mile. Um, and then to Inkster. But uh, you wanted to find the most secluded place in that area to blow something up with those firecrackers. Why? Not because you were afraid the cops were going to cheese it. It's the cops. No. You were scared to death that somebody, anybody, because every house was a potential spy. Were they at work? Were they out looking out their front window? What's going on? 
Uh, every house was a potential spy. They all knew who your parents were. They might not have been friends with your parents. They didn't make the cut to the barbecue or whatever. If they're on a different block, they didn't come to your block party. They went to their own block party. But they knew who somebody always knew who your parents were or somebody in your group's parents. And if they found out who that, oh, that's, that's Jay. He, all right, well, I'm going to call up Jay's mom. And then Jay's, I saw Jay playing with firecrackers. Well, Jay's mom knows who Jay rides his bikes with. Uh, my name is on that list. At the time, my parents would have gotten a phone tree call, and then there would have been a conversation about playing with fire. Did you play with fire? Were you doing that? You were spotted doing I don't know how they did it, but there was almost nowhere to hide in my neighborhood. The community watched out for everybody. It probably kept us all. Last I checked, it's been a while uh, since I've seen Jay or Gerald or George or any of those guys. But last I knew, we all had our fingers. Actually, George was a cop, and then he got killed. Actually, a border patrol agent, he was murdered. So I do know what happened to him, sadly. Um, but um, we all have our fingers. We all kept our digits through childhood. It wasn't for lack of trying to lose them. It was because it was fear of being caught doing the things that we do. On the day after 4th of July, the 5th of July, we'd ride our bikes because everybody was lighting off something, right? All the side streets, right along the curb, there was always, that was where all the stuff kind of went. It blew there, it was thrown there, it was whatever it is, cached bottle rockets, exploded firecrackers, every Roman candles that were empty, all these were illegal, but they were all there, all spent. But you could find, you could search through them and, you know, one in uh, 75 would still have a wick on it. You go, ooh, a jumping jack. This is awesome. A smoke bomb. This is great. And you'd gather as much as you could and then you'd set out to hide to be able to light them off if somebody swiped some matches from somewhere, usually sitting on the counter of a party store. But we knew that they were looking out after us. If we went beyond the boundaries that we were allowed to go, we had to do it real quick, real quick, crossing the streets, because what if someone, one of these people driving recognizes us? The jig was up more often than it wasn't. Now, commun that was community. Now, community means, hey, uh, what do you do with your genitals? Oh, you Okay, well, now you're part of this community. Now you're a part of this community. The left would prefer you not to give a damn about your neighbors. They'd prefer you to actually distrust your neighbors, uh, but care more about somebody who does what you do in the bedroom, who lives another state away, 10 states away, 1,000 miles away, wherever it is. That's who you're supposed to identify. That's why you hear the LGBTQIA plus community. What kind of pathetic community is based on skin color or sexual orientation? How pathetic is that? We have nothing. I'm a professional. I, uh, I'm a medical doctor. I, really, I'm just a, a loser who sits around and smokes uh, medical marijuana all day, having uh, pretended to have glaucoma. And my, uh, my buddy whose uh, brother's a doctor wrote me a prescription. Yeah, um, but we're both gay, so we totally have that going for us. We're, uh, we're a community. Do you think they feel like members of the same community? No. But that's the world the left is constructing. That's the world as the left would have it. Nobody cares what consenting adults do. 
knock yourself out. Literally knock yourself out. I don't care. I just watched uh, Jackass Forever over the weekend. They spent half the movie knocking themselves out and the other half of the movie hitting themselves in the groin. That's what they want to do. Go ahead. I don't really need to know again what it's like to be knocked out. I played hockey. I know what it's like to be knocked out. I don't need to know what it's uh, like to be hit in the groin. I've been hit in the groin a lot playing football and tack with my friends. It just happens. So I don't need the constant reminder. But it was funny. It was an amusing movie. Gross, but amusing. But for some weird reason, these people insist that everybody is A, out to get them, and everybody hates them. It's a very small minority of a small minority. One to two percent of the population is gay. A smaller than that percentage is actually trans in any way that's meaningful or measurable other than just some weirdo kid on TikTok declaring themselves this because it's fashionable. And amongst those people... A very, very small percentage are the vocal activists. And those people control corporate boardrooms. Those people control the entertainment industry, the media. If you step out of bounds or misspeak in any way, shape, or form, they will pounce on you. Most of the people in media go right along with it. They don't actually care. Most of the people in media on television, you see, are simply teleprompter readers who aren't bright enough to have opinions of their own. So they just let the liberal establishment fill them up, fill up their heads, and uh, they regurgitate them. That makes them wildly popular amongst their peers, not with their audiences. They have very small audiences, but their peers, they're doing shows for themselves. And the rest of the country is being forced to go along for the ride. That brings us to Disney. Disney. There is no more uh, ubiquitous company in the world when it comes to entertainment than Disney. It is not just Disney, all those stupid old movies. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Disney movies themselves. It is Star Wars now. It is Marvel it is, I think they have 20th Century Fox. I think they bought that entertainment brand. They control just about everything. Pixar, you name it. You almost can't avoid Disney. And Disney, according to their own internal Zoom call, is now hell-bent on making 50% of their lead characters gay. Why would you make 50% of their lead characters gay in a country where 2%, 2% are gay, the most. And a country where you're talking about equity, which is equality of outcome, where you're talking and whining and pissing and moaning about, oh my goodness, we need equal representation. When you sit there and you whine, oh, COVID is disproportionately impacting this community or that community, all those made up communities again, blah, blah, all oh, this one. It's disproportionate. There's disproportionate representation. Oh, they're behind Katanji Brown Jackson getting on the Supreme Court, not because of her legal acumen. They don't have a damn clue. She's a liberal in good standing. That's good enough. But they couch it under, oh, it's because black women finally need some representation. We don't have enough representation, blah, 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 blah. Well, there's such a thing as over... They whine, oh, there's too many heterosexuals. They're being overrepresented. 
well, no, there's about 97, 98% of the population. I would say that since you can't watch TV for about 20 minutes without seeing some sort of randomized lesbian couple shopping at Home Depot or buying life insurance or whatever, that there might be a little bit of overrepresentation going on there. When you reach overrepresentation, when you reach a level of saturation that they're doing now, you enter the world of propaganda. You enter the world of indoctrination. It's true. So Disney was involved in a uh, Zoom call. The, uh, the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill, which the uh, left-wingers labeled Don't Say Gay. All it says is don't discuss sexual orientation with children up to third grade. Leave children up to third grade alone. Then if you want to go all out and and that's your jollies, then knock yourself out. But that was labeled as don't say gay. It's not it's not talking about, oh man, did me and my wife go at it? We had a session last night. It, you can't say that either. You don't talk about sex with these kids. You teach them. Leave that to the parents. You know, there was a time when parents just didn't want this garbage anywhere. And teachers would have never imagined that this would be taught in schools. But there was a time back then when people's identities, who they are as a person, were not tied up into their crotches, right? It's really, you know, one way you can tell you're doing something that you're not totally comfortable with is that you demand everybody else around you tell you it's okay, tell you it's normal. If you're cool with something, you don't care what anybody else thinks about it. If there's a little voice inside your head going, oh, wait a second, something's not right here, this isn't right, then you need and demand everybody else go, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Don't, no, 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 what you're doing is perfectly fine and acceptable. You need that externally because something in you might be saying, maybe everything isn't really totally cool and acceptable. Huh? Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. So we uh, have this law in Florida. Ron DeSantis signs it. Let's start off with this teacher. She's uh, sitting in her... For something, for some weird reason, the best thing to ever... The worst thing to ever happen to liberals is the best thing to ever happen to conservatives. If you want to know what these evil SOBs are up to, you just follow libs on TikTok. Libs of TikTok. The Twitter account, it's great, it's anonymous, it's run by some woman who's anonymous so far. I guarantee you there are teams of people at left-wing news organizations across the country and probably around the world who are desperately scrambling to try and figure out who this person is. They must know who this person is. Why? To what end? All this person does is show you what these lunatic leftists on TikTok are saying about themselves. They're saying it. They're recording themselves. It's not as though they're sitting on a bathroom toilet somewhere going, well, we got to figure this one out. Uh, and then somebody captures it and says, ah, I've got it. No, these people are putting it out there themselves. They want the world to see it. They just don't really think it through. They're not particularly bright people. So when they sit there and confess to crimes or they sit there and confess to all sorts of stupid things, and then they get a wider audience than their little circle of sycophantic, idiotic followers with an IQ about the same as theirs, somewhere around the 
12, I guess. The rest of the world sees it and they go, oh my God, my employer might not like me saying I steal from my employer. My employer might not like me just smoking fat joints and talking about how everybody I work with and all the customers are evil and a-holes and this, that. Yeah, your employer might not like that. Might not work out so well for you. Or if you're a teacher in Florida and you say, I'm not going to obey the laws of Florida. You can take me to jail. I don't give a damn. They, uh, I don't know who she thought this was going to. This teacher is sitting there in her, uh, in her car. I don't know what kind of car it is. I'm just going to go ahead and guess that it's some sort of Toyota or something. And uh, she's wearing a pride shirt. Pride, 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 it says three times. Pride, pride, pride. Why is it that people, if you have pride, you don't demand things from other people. Give me pride. Acknowledge my pride. Celebrate my pride. If you're not celebrating with me, you're a monster. Anyway, this teacher's sitting there with her cat-eyed glasses and her bad dye job. It's time to get back to the salon, honey. Roots are showing and the eyebrows are a dead giveaway. Anyway, she's sitting there and she will not obey this law and she has a nice little resolution with which i am perfectly fine fire <laughs> that's what she says uh she says you won't follow the law listen to her for yourself i just want to go ahead and state that i would rather lose my job than out one of my students to their families um being a safe person in a safe place for kids that don't have that at home is one of the best parts of being a teacher um so yeah i'm not doing it i don't know Fire me, sue me, take me to jail. I'm not doing it. Fire me, sue me, take me to jail, murder me. That's what you're doing. That's what these people... This one isn't even in Florida. This is in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is what has infected education. It's my job to make sure that all queer students... Really, they're kindergartners, okay? Can we just agree that... Maybe kindergartners aren't gay. Maybe kindergartners aren't straight. Maybe, maybe kindergartners are doing all they can to resist the urge to eat a crayon right there. And you kind of got to get them over that hump, you know, eating paste. Um, girls are gross. Boys are gross. Whatever. You kind of got to let them be kids and let them figure it out. Obviously, you didn't. You couldn't figure it out. It was too complex, just living life for you. And my apologies. Somehow your parents wronged you. That's okay. They didn't love you enough. Or they loved you too much. I don't know which it is. I don't care which it is. Actually, I have another teacher. This teacher, I think, was a... I think she's, he was on the Today Show or ABC, I think it was. And uh, this one, again, he's very upset that he won't be able to talk about what he's doing with his partner. Partner. When did this thing become a thing? If you notice, if you start... And this is, of course, Google. This is where it always starts. If you search some actor or actress or some politician or whatever, it's not always, but a lot more frequently now. Because it always, if they're prominent enough to have like um, their own Wikipedia page, which Google also owns, I think, they have the little box of this. This person is an American actor, blah, 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 blah. And then it has their date of birth, the city they were born in, if they're still alive, the, 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 nothing. But if they're dead, they, the date that they died. And it will have their, uh, their spouse. It'll usually be wife or, or spouse and then children or whatever. But now it's gone to partner. 
spouse or wife or husband has been changed is slowly changing to partner i don't have a partner i mean we're partners but i have a wife that's it that's what it is all right it's not as though i've got a partner but because you've got to coddle the gay community and you know gay people they won the right to marry oh yay somehow we've just overlooked this in the constitution for 235 years but hey look at the right there there it is it's right behind the right to an abortion and right above the right for the second amendment to be ignored at the whims of any political party that feels like it we got the right to have gay marriage okay so then you have a husband or wife still right it's still there but the people is a smaller subset of a small subset of the gay community who says, no, now we've got to have the people you're dating are partners. So it can't be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore because that's gender specific, gender conforming. So now it's partner. He's your partner. Really? Most partnerships require, you know, some sort of legally binding thing. I don't think that you're going out on a few dates with somebody is legally binding. But they'd call it partner now. Because, why? Because the gay people who are dating don't want to feel left out. They don't want to feel left out. Boyfriend and girlfriend doesn't, no, partner. Let's just go partner. All the trans community, it's much more inclusive to say partner. No, it's not. It's much more confusing and vague. If you're a chick and you say you got a girlfriend, right away I know you're gay. Problem solved or mystery. We don't need to go into it. I don't care. But at least you're, you're figuring it out, and I'm probably not going to try to set you up with a friend of mine. If you're a dude and you say me and my boyfriend did this, boom, again, you know. But if you're a dude and you say me and my girlfriend, boom, you know. You don't have to have that conversation. You don't have to go, oh, Look, we need to, I, we just met, I understand that, but what we need to do is carve out about 45 minutes to an hour so we can discuss my pronouns, what you're allowed to call me when not using my name directly or looking me in the eye. When you refer to me, I'm going to lay out what my pronouns are and how you have to use them. At which point, you make me want to turn into uh, Will Smith and commit a hate crime. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. But this is the world that we're constructing for ourselves. Oh, no, it's my partner. And this teacher down in Florida, he's very upset because he's not going to be able to talk about all the whatever he does with his partner because he's gay. What he doesn't realize or doesn't want to acknowledge is the teacher who's straight the 99% of, well, probably seems like a disproportionate number of gay people. You want to talk about equity. We need more straight representation in teaching and in acting, in an entertainment, by the way. If we want equity, we got to go the full bore with equity. But uh, if you're a, a straight teacher in Florida and you uh, went out over the weekend and picked up a chick and boy, howdy, it was crazy. And you, she did the, you both did the walk of shame this morning. As you went off to school, you can't talk about that with your kids. I assume you wouldn't want to. I assume you recognize as a normal human being that you don't talk about that stuff with kids. It's different, apparently, for this gay teacher in Florida who wants to not only... You can, you can tell all you want what he did, what he does. Oh, I went paddleboarding. Okay, great. Uh, but then 
I went paddleboarding with my gay partner. I went paddleboarding with my boyfriend. We're of the same gender. I'm gay. Are you gay? Are you this? Are you? Th- How does that conversation even happen? What'd you What'd you do this weekend, Mr. Johnson? I went paddleboarding. Oh, that's great. When you're asked by a kid, do you go, "Oh, what do you do this weekend?" Oh, I went to the to the movies and to dinner with uh, this chick I was seeing. And then uh, you know, I got to second base. It was pretty. Do you really go that far? I bet you don't, because you're a decent human being. For some reason. If the world doesn't know about it to some of these tiny, tiny subset of people, then it just didn't happen. They're wildly insecure and they demand validation from everybody else. So listen to this teacher on uh, one of the network. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. Talking about how the Florida law is going to make everything just awful. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's twofold. It really hits hard um, in my heart professionally and uh, personally both. Uh, professionally, it, it truly makes me feel like um, I am not trusted as a professional. Um, I know my kindergarten standards through and through, and um, nowhere in our curriculum does it have anything about um, teaching sexual orientation or sexual identity. Um, so for them to, to say that, that, that that's happening, um, it, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, but uh, we should be able to have discussions, and, and that's what we're encouraged to do in kindergarten. And then personally, because, um, you know, my, my kids do have questions. They want to know who the, uh, my partner is in pictures yeah. outside of my classroom, and I should be able to speak to that. They want to know. They want to know who my partner is. Do they really? Do they? I, I don't know a single thing, and I don't know that I ever knew a single thing about any of my teachers' personal lives. I'm just being honest. I knew if they were Ms. or Mrs. or Mr., and that was it. I don't know if I knew their first names, at least until high school, when they were in a year in the yearbook. That was it. Oh, my kindergarten children, you're the adult, dude, or at least are supposed to be. If kids go off the track, you're supposed to put them back on track. You're supposed to be teaching them. That's it. It's pretty simple, but no, no, no. They have questions. They have questions. Well, I, I tell you, in math class in particular, Mr. Gerbach's math class, whenever things would, uh, when it, there's just some days where you just don't want to do math. So you get Mr. Gerbach talking about something, something else, some, whatever it was. You'd go off on some tangent and uh, unrelated to anything, not even current events. really. And you, if you just kept, there was like five of us in the classroom who could do this. We'd just ask questions. We'd take turns asking. And we could get 45 minutes of the 55-minute class eaten up by distracting Mr. Gerbach on occasion if we wanted to. It became sort of a challenge. But if you're getting distracted, like we were, you know, high school if you're getting distracted like that by kindergartners maybe teaching isn't your forte it'll give you more time to go paddleboarding with your boyfriend your i'm sorry your partner or whatever just leave the kids the hell alone so you know in talking about this and tweeting about this you get messages and all that and we got uh barb and oc which i assume is is ocean city and not uh california because i think they call that the oc she said, uh, you know, there, most, uh, most of the uh, don't say gay is spun that you can't teach them, uh, that you cannot teach them. That North Carolina teacher told the truth. She won't out her students. This is the crux of the bill, that parents must be informed that the child is having feelings that may call for 
medical assistance or if the school is augmenting their child's feelings by encouraging them or medicating them. This is about parental information, not teaching. Barb in Ocean City is absolutely 100% correct. 100% correct. That's what the left wants. That's what the left is engaged in. They want to be able to start your child down the path of hormone blockers without your permission. Oh, you know what? Jenny's 10 and she says, boy, I just, I'm confused. My body's changing. I'm, am I a boy? I don't know what this feeling is. And immediately they go, oh, well, let's get her on a testosterone drip. Let's get her on uh, hormone blockers. Let's, let's see what, we couldn't possibly let this person go through puberty without knowing. No, you're doing irreparable harm. You're doing irreparable harm for a political agenda. That's a special kind of evil. There's a certain place in hell, a special place in hell for people like that. And it deserves to exist. And every single one of them deserve to be put there. I'd say you do what you want with your own kids, but no, don't even do that to your own kids. Let your kids figure their lives out. There are going to be awkward times in their lives no matter what they are. The awkwardness of going from being at home all the time to going to school, that's going to be awkward. You can convince, the kids are wildly susceptible to a lot of things at that moment. Don't try to convince them. Don't be evil. Leave them alone. Puberty, forget about it. Dating, forget about it. It's a mess. It's horrible. But if you're sitting there and you, rather than going, you know what, telling the kids it's going to be okay, trust me, everybody goes through this. If you're going, well, maybe, maybe you're just like me, or maybe you're just like everything. Maybe I can have, and there is a status symbol. There are a group of people out there who are very, very excited at the prospect of having a trans child. They want a trans child. They're disappointed. Oh, their kid's just straight. Ugh. And so it's uh, it's a different world, to say the least. It's becoming a very sick world. You've got to be eternally vigilant in this one. So the Disney Corporation, which eh, probably has, I don't know, I shudder to think about how much of my money it has since having children. <clears throat> Generations before that, at least growing up, they didn't get my money. They didn't get my parents' money. They didn't get, like, uh, I didn't have, I was never a Mickey Mouse guy. Didn't have, I don't think I had anything Mickey Mouse, which is good, fine, I'm happy with that. Mickey Mouse is stupid. The Warner Brothers, I've said this before, the Warner Brothers, the Looney Tunes, way better. Bugs, Give me Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck over anything of these stupid Disney characters six days of the week and twice on Sunday. But you can't, they don't even, I don't even know if they do Warner Brothers cartoons anymore, but Disney is kind of ubiquitous everywhere. They got their own channels, subscription services, everything. And uh, they are a woke company. Well, I don't know if they're actually, well, they do believe it because the person in charge buys into this stuff. But they are a, uh, a company on a mission. That 1% to 2% of the population, that 1% to 2% of the population that's gay, and then they, I don't know, 5% of that, that is activist, militant activist, they are ready and willing to, and demanding that that become a part of everybody's life. 
bow down before the one you serve. You're going to get what you deserve, as the great philosopher Trent Reznor put it. So I want to play, because Christopher Rufo, the guy who exposed all of the garbage in schools about uh, critical race theory, he's still doing that. He also got this, a Zoom call amongst Disney staff talking about, I don't know, it's because of the, see, Disney didn't come out and immediately set Disney World on fire in the Epcot Center. They didn't nuke the Epcot Center. And therefore, the gay mafia, the alphabet mafia, no, this is an outrage. How dare they? There's monsters, monsters, monsters. Uh, Disney is evil. Disney, And so Disney's are going, oh, no, God, no, no. We wouldn't want to offend, you know, 1% of our customer base. So we'll offend 99% of our customers. I didn't say it made sense. I'm just telling you how it is. We'll offend 99% of our customer base by saying we will work diligently to get rid of this don't say gay law without understanding anything about the law, without any interest in understanding anything about the law. And so they convened this talk to get everybody in the gay community on the same page. Now, I have no doubt that there are a lot of gay people who work at Disney. Why? Because in entertainment, you almost have to be gay. You want to talk about a perverted view of reality. One to two percent of the population, I would say yeah, 10 to 20 percent of entertainment and seemingly like 50% of commercials. So actors, characters, whatever. I highly doubt that everybody, every lesbian couple in the Best Buy commercial is actually uh, played by lesbians. But they're just an actress looking for a job. They don't care. It's just getting it out there. I'm not saying it shouldn't be normal. It's normal cares. But they're inserting it in places where... It has no... Who cares? Oh, I want to buy my girlfriend a laptop. Okay, congratulations. Or there's the TV being set up and there's a gay couple sitting on the couch. Okay, who cares? Just show the TV being set up. I don't need to know the backstory of somebody who ordered a TV who doesn't speak in a commercial. You know, do you understand that? But no, they're doing this on purpose. They want to get the next generation. They think that they can somehow normalize something that's already normal because they're not actually trying to normalize it. They're pushing it. They're trying to make it accepted, mandatory. You must celebrate. It used to be, leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. I'm fine with that. I'll leave you alone, you leave me alone. I couldn't care less. I, even with the people, most of the people I like, I'm fine with, with you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. But the people I don't know, I'll leave you alone already. I don't care. But no, it's celebrate diversity. Hey, celebrate diversity too. Hey, I said celebrate diversity. What are you doing not celebrating? You're not celebrating enough. Where's your pronoun pin? Where's your flag? Where's your this? Where's your... Don't look away when I'm talking to you. Do what you're told. It's about control. It's about people who have wild insecurities finding a way for them to get some modicum of control rather than dealing with their insecurities. Dealing with issues is tough. Being an absolute brat and demanding everybody bow down to to your whims and being a temper tantrum, that's easy. That's easy, especially when you've got a whole army of like-minded, wildly insecure, low IQ people lined up behind you. And when you're funding it. So if you buy Disney stuff, you're funding it. First clip, we have... um, 
Let's do the Disney corporate president, a woman named Carrie Burke. She told this Zoom call that in the future, by next year, she wants half of all Disney lead characters to be gay. Why? Well, it turns out about half of her kids are gay. And so, you know, that's reality. Her reality is rea she's making millions of dollars a year, so she doesn't care about things like gas prices. It'll cost you 150 bucks to get into Disney or Epcot or whatever. But uh, she doesn't care about that because she's making millions of dollars. And that's her world. And a bunch of her kids are somehow gay uh, or trans or pansexual or all these other made-up things. And you sit there and you think, maybe, maybe, maybe you're a bad parent. Just saying that. But she is, uh, she gets a little choked up here. A little choked up about how committed Disney is to the gay agenda. And you have to sit there and you go, Disney, you have a fiduciary duty as, as uh, an executive to uh, maximize profits in a legal and ethical way, not to push a left-wing agenda. It strikes me as though this would be a a violation of that agreement, of that understanding, and would open you up to uh, stockholder action. But they won't. It won't. Anyway, listen to her. I'm here as a mother of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. Um, and, and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations and um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, um, to all of us. We, we had a we had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters um, and, and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye-opening for me. Um, and and I, I can tell you, um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened, um, I as a leader and me as my colleagues would not have focused on. And, and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so. I know that we will be. And, um, and I hope this is a moment where, shoot, um, the 50% of the tears... <laughs> Sorry, are <laughs> coming. Um, uh, we don't. We just don't allow each other to go backwards. I counted twenty ums in that. By the way, I don't know how you end up being a, a corporate uh, leader, unable to string together a coherent sentence or paragraph without um 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 um. I don't. I don't get that. I would look at somebody like that as not particularly bright. You don't open your mouth unless you know what you're going to say, and you don't start speaking unless you've got it. Um, uh, it's more pronounced in French when they don't know what the, especially when they're speaking English and they uh, go to the uh, like that. It's just as annoying, and it's uh, at least with French you get it. 
they don't speak English as a first language, therefore they're searching for words. But if you're the uh, corporate president of Disney, one would think that you'd be able to string together a coherent sentence. But you hear the pride in her. I, have, as the mother of two LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ children, okay, uh, and she gets choked up about it. Oh, we got two, two. One's pansexual, one's uh, transgender. The funny thing is, I think she has five kids. Lost in all of that is any sense that she gives a damn about those other two. Those are other three. Those other three, you bring them up at cocktail parties. And, oh, yeah, Billy, he's, he's, he's fine. He's fine. Really? You know, he's going, he's going to UCLA, and it's not good. But he's dating a girl. It's just he's, he's straight. I don't, I don't know. But let's talk about Jenny, who was born Jack. That's the where my real pride, or pansexual over there. I don't even know what pansexual is. Do we have to, do we have to hide the cookware when that kid comes over? Oh, horrible joke. Yeah, but it's just a joke. Get over yourself. But this is the Disney mindset. Oh, we've got to do more about this. We've got to have more gay characters. We don't have very many gay characters. You're making movies for five-year-olds. What are you supposed to do? How do you cram in children, uh, gay characters into in that matter? You know, we've had plenty of gay characters, but they haven't been central to it. Okay, well... There isn't a. I've seen some of the more recent Disney movies, the Pixar ones or whatever, and the Frozen. I've seen too many damn times. I guarantee you, in the next one, they're going to make Elsa gay. Mark the tape. They're going to make Elsa gay because why not? They already made Anna straight with Kristoff. It's too late for her, although she could be questioning. But they're going to make Elsa gay. Why? What purpose will be served from that? You want to make her gay, fine, but it'll be a plot point. It'll be right in your face. Whereas, oh, she's complaining other characters have just been, you know, tangentially gay. Okay, so what? What are they supposed to do? Tweedledee and Tweedledum are supposed to go off into their bedroom and come out later smoking cigarettes going, wow, that was a great session there, Tweedledee. Yeah, you were on fire today, Tweedledum. How much more of this stuff can you cram in there? I don't remember seeing Anna and Kristoff go off and come back going, go, whoo, you're going to walk bow-legged tomorrow. No, they're straight, but they're just, who cares? It's not central to the story. The prince and the princess. Okay, fine. It's not about, oh man, and everybody else, any prince who isn't attracted to a princess. My God, they're horrible. Here's a little secret. Even if kids at five do know they're gay, which they don't, they're going to have to come to terms with uh, the reality that they are a wildly small percentage of the population. They're going to have to see straightness right in their faces all the time. Oh, no. I don't want to see a straight couple making out. I don't want to see a gay couple making out. I don't want to see a straight cartoon couple getting it on. I don't want to see a gay cartoon couple getting it on or even have them talking about getting it on because that's not what a kid's movie's about. A kid's movie's about saving the city or saving the town or saving the this or whatever it is. But no, it can't. It's got to be about saving the town, sure. But in the course of saving the town, the uh, candlestick decides that the clock is looking really good these days and they're both dudes. And they're all going crazy or all the different cars are going to get it on or whatever the hell it is. 
We need to get over ourselves. But no, this is how they shoehorn it in. I guess maybe the... Uh, no, I was going to make a personal lubricant joke about cramming things into movies, but that would seem in poor taste. Who knows, though? Maybe they'll become big Disney producers. So we got Disney uh, out there, their boss, saying, oh, I've got uh, two uh, two gay children. That's weird, because I, I thought gay was you're attracted to the opposite sex. Now, gay, trans is different from gay. They get their own letters in the uh, the alphabet soup, right? That's my understanding. Each letter means something LGBTQ, I, A, plus, plus, minus, whatever. Who the hell knows? But the it's the ones that I know, it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans. And then it depends on who you talk to. The Q is either queer or questioning. I don't know how, I don't know how questioning can be a sexuality. Because theoretically, question will lead to answer, wouldn't it? Wouldn't a question eventually lead to an answer? That's just, and I don't know how you can have that as a sexuality, but that's how the left rolls or whatever the hell it is. Who can figure this stuff out? I don't know. I don't actually care. But this is what some people spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about, an ungodly amount of time. And they live it. They love it. There is uh, a woman named, uh, let's see, who do we go to now? Because some of these jobs, you're sitting there, you're going, how does this job exist? You got these diversity, inclusion, and equity. You know, I, it's diver diversity, equity, and inclusion. They put them in that order, but I prefer to put them in diversity, inclusion, and equity. Because then that makes it die rather than D-E-I. I just prefer it to be die. Just a little bit of projection there. But they, they've convinced all these corporations and all these universities, it started in the universities because they have more money they know what to do with and they just keep jerking kids around on how much they have to pay for tuition and they gladly pay it because they're stupid. And uh, they said, well, we got to do something. If we suddenly are you know, making a massive profit, it would be tough to maintain our nonprofit status. So let's start hiring people. Let's have a director of diversity. Oh, yeah, let's do $150,000. I think, what was it? The University of Michigan has so many people who are of the, the die community or whatever that, let me see, University of Michigan number of diversity and equity, uh, diversity there you go. See if we can find it. That's something like 90 different people making more than $100,000 a year. I'll try to find it later. But it was ridiculous. It's absurd. It's a racket. Because the alternative would be to not jack up tuition by, you know, 7% year over year. You know, uh, hey, no, we, we can just get more money and then we can hire more people and it'll be great. And we can just keep growing and growing and growing. Well, this, uh, let's see, let's, let's save the, the die person for next. But let's go to executive producer Latoya Ravenu. She proudly boasts of implementing, quote, the gay agenda 
in all she does. I don't know what she does at Disney. There's so many people behind the scenes over there. But she talks about her journey. Her journey in bringing in gayness to Disney, which you sit there and you think, how about you just entertain kids? How about you just... I didn't realize that uh, Frozen was beating kids over the head with a straight agenda. Especially since there's a talking freaking snowman. I don't really think... Is that the snowman agenda out there too? Listen to this garbage. It's like, I love Disney's content. I grew up watching, you know, all of the classics. They have been a huge, like, informative <laughs> part of my life. But at the same time, like, I worked at small studios most of my career. And I'd heard, you know, hear whispers. Like, I, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little, like, sus when I started. And, but then my experience was dafflingly the opposite of what I had heard. On my little pocket of, like, you know, Proud Family, Disney TVA, um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda and so like I, I feel like I felt like it was I mean like maybe it was that way in the past but I guess like something must have happened in the last like like they are turning it around they're going hard and then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of I don't have to be afraid to like let's have these two characters kiss let's in the background this are, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like if you see anything queer in the show I'm proud of but like I, I just was like no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me no one could stop me and nobody was trying to stop me ha 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 I was just adding gayness into it it sounds like a really uh, gross doesn't it? it sounds like somebody who desperately needs some kind of help some kind of help just sitting there going uh, let's see. Uh, Latoya Ravenu is executive producer, director, and writer in animated television. She is currently working as a director on the upcoming Disney Plus series, The Proud Family, colon, Louder and Prouder, and a writer on Disney Junior's Eureka. And she's defined by which genitalia she likes. What a sad, pathetic existence that every one of these leftists live. I found it, by the way. This from michigancapitalconfidential.com. While the average university has 45.1 people dedicated to promoting diversity on campus, the University of Michigan has 163. <laughs> According to the report, Michigan employs 2.3 diversity, equity, and inclusion officers for every one member of its history faculty. Isn't that nice? Each one of them makes over $100,000 a year, by the way, which you can... Ann Arbor, Michigan is kind of an expensive place to live, but it ain't that expensive. And you can go over into Ypsilanti, you can go to any of the surrounding areas, and you can live pretty well on $100,000 a year, especially when you can't be fired because you're just a wrongful dismissal lawsuit waiting to happen. Why? Well, for whatever it is that you've segregated yourself off, it's... It, I, there aren't very many straight white dudes who I'd imagine are diversity, equity, and inclusion officers. So, because those you can fire with impunity. It doesn't matter. Who cares? But everybody else is ready to go. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you're, you're white, but I'm not straight. Oh, no. I'm going to sue you for firing me because I'm gay. These are the people, by the way, who are in charge of your children's entertainment. If you have Disney Plus, this is what you're paying. 
Next, we come to the a diversity and inclusion manager of Disney, somebody called Vivian Ware. Vivian Ware. She's rather proud of the fact that if apparently when you I went to Disney once when I was 13 and uh, there was Disneyland out in California. It was before they had expanded it, I assume. It, I, it was fine. I wasn't. My parents and I drove out there uh, to visit my aunt and we went to Disney because you kind of have to check that box. I'm not a rides person. It did nothing for me at the time. I just remember being on Space Mountain. I think it was Space Mountain where it was just pitch black. It seemed to have like uh, 20 miles of track inside a room no bigger than a studio apartment. If you'd have told me that we just went into this dark room and somebody shook you for a minute and a half and then you come out the other side, you could have convinced me that it was Space Mountain. That's what it was like. I don't know what the hell's going on. You're just jerking around one way, the other way, uh, this way, the other way, and then you're done. You're like, okay, that was fun? Was that fun? Was that, I don't know what just happened. I feel like somebody smacked me. I feel like I feel like Chris Rock. Anyway, uh, at the Disneyland, they apparently made the regular announcements, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here comes Mickey or here comes whatever. Well, they've wiped all that out. Now, to be inclusive of a rounding error of the population, they got rid of ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and they replaced it with generic garbage. Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. We, we are in the process of changing over those, those recorded messages. And so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We say dreamers of all ages. And so I love the fact that it's opened up the creativity opportunity for our cast members to look at that. We, we have our cast members working with merchandise, working with food and beverage, working with, with all of our guest facing areas where perhaps, you know, we, we want to create that magical moment with our cast members, with our guests. And we don't want to just assume because someone might be um, in, in our interpretation, maybe presenting as female, that they may not want to be called princess. So let's think differently about how do we really engage with our guests in a meaningful and inclusive way that makes it magical and memorable for everyone. It's making it magical and memorable for everyone. So, you know, you got 99 five-year-olds out there, five-year-old girls, and one of them has some left-winger parent who is wealthy and, you know, dining out on the fact that they're creating some trans kid that's going to end up hating them when they're older. And so, you know, I don't want to be a princess. All right, well, none of you can be princesses. We won't call any of you princesses then. Whereas the 99 kids, the 99 girls out there are living to be called a princess. They're living to be called a princess. You're going to deny them that because there's this mythical one out there who probably has abusive parents. This is a, a level of evil that I don't... You know, <laughs> I'm not sure many people in history, some of history's worst, thought, you know what we can really do is go after the kids. We'll turn the kids into uh, gender-neutral mutants who are filled with self-esteem and demands, but no accomplishment or understanding of history or biology or common sense. Nobody thought to do that. Even the communists were like, we're not going to do that. That's a little too much. But now... You get the uh, American progressives. 
By the way, I forgot. I did forget to mention that uh, what is it? Latoya Ravenel says. I thought that the uh, the corporate president Carrie Burke saying um was bad. Latoya Ravenel with her likes, like, 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 like. Are you a Valley girl for sure? For sure. What the hell is going on with these people? How do they attain positions of authority? Well, I, who knows? I could say that they're. Uh, engaged in uh, hiring practices that are uh, embrace the die agenda but that would probably be wrong the nfl i'll get to that in a minute the nfl is is bringing in die <laughs> diversity inclusion and equity die they're bringing that in to their coaching because why not because everything has to be about politics we'll get to that in a second we still have a little bit more one more piece of audio from the Disney world to play that uh, I, I can't even say it's unbelievable anymore. I don't know. There is no unbelievable. There is no unbelievable. There is no bridge too far anymore. It's just straight up. Yeah, well, this is who these people are. It's like the world's worst woke off. Each one of these morons is trying to outdo the one who went before them. And that's that's it. That's all there is to it. Like, oh, well, yeah, no, no, you, you think you're oppressed. That's why you end up with these ridiculous notions of well, the marginalized community. And then uh, there's even more marginalized community. The most, some of the most marginalized, are you marginalized or are you most marginalized? Are you even more marginalized than the other one? You know, at a certain point, if everybody's a victim, nobody's a victim. All right. I'm long past that point of caring. I really couldn't care less. Even if you are a victim at this point, I just don't care. I'm not going to celebrate you for things you have no control. We're told it's not a choice. All right. Well, then why should I celebrate you over this? It's not a brave choice. It's who you are. I don't demand you celebrate me over who I am, although you should, as I'm pretty damned awesome. It's just so pathetic. These people, I sit there and I, I, I look at them and I, I almost feel pity for them. And then it just turns to the worst thing that I imagine for these people. It's not anger. It's not hatred. It's not disgust. It's indifference. I'm passionately indifferent toward them. I don't understand where, where the gay agenda is or whatever. There is a, it's not a gay agenda. Because I think the vast majority of gay people look at these, these things and go, Ugh, no, this is not representing me. This is the activist agenda this is the progressive activist agenda and this is the part of the progressive activist wing that's gay going all right well we'll uh we'll marshal these forces we'll create this outrage we'll pretend this bothers us we'll go from there and then we'll do x y and z we'll play our role because i don't really think that the vast majority of gay people are sitting there going uh wait did they just say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls well that's an outrage i demand a refund don't you understand that i'm gay I don't really care that you're gay, sir. Oh, you don't know how I identify. You don't know my pronouns. No, I don't. Nor do I care. Nor do you care about mine, really. You just want me to conform to what you want. Sit down and shut up. I think the vast majority of gay people are embarrassed by a large percentage of the quote-unquote gay community. I... My friend used to live in Baltimore, right by the, actually on the park with the Washington Monument. It was uh, one of those big mansions that was cut up into uh, apartments, a big row house, beautiful, great mosaics. It was probably the 
best. Well, there's the Peabody and everything. So there's really only one small area just past the church where there were uh, apartments. And uh, it was the first one. And so I was, I'd come out and visit all the time. And one time, I wouldn't say I made the mistake of coming out. Logistically, it was a mistake of coming out to Baltimore during Pride Weekend. It wasn't, you know, a mistake because, ooh, gays. I'm fine. I used to DJ at a gay club. It was a straight night at a gay club, but there was a lot of gay people there. I couldn't care less. It was, I wanted to hear the music I liked loud, period. That was it. Uh, That was why I did it. Um, but I came out and it, the reason it was a mistake is because it's really impossible to park around there logistically, just moving around. It's, it's, the streets are very crowded because it's one, one block away from the, where the hippo is and where Grand Central is, the, the gay intersection where all the pride stuff happens. But we're sitting there and his apartment looked, it was on the second floor overlooking the street, Charles Street there. And the Pride Parade went right down the street. And so we're sitting there Saturday afternoon, drinking beers, whatever. People were over. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. And uh, the parade is going on. So we're sitting there on on the windowsill. There's no balcony, but we're sitting on the windowsill watching this. And it was, a, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. Not because they're gay and they're gay people kissing or whatever, but because... There were grown men wearing lingerie with their everything hanging out, going up and, and passing out candy to kids. Like, who the hell brings their kid to that? If you're gay and you have a kid and you bring your kid to a... I, I don't think around home you're sitting there with uh, fishnet stockings and a G-string up your rear end. I don't think you're doing that. Maybe you are and you probably shouldn't have kids if that's what you do. But if you're going to go out in public and all these people, and there were just tons of them, and they're grinding on each other and groping each other and, and just in front of kids. I wouldn't want to see, I don't want to, I don't want to watch a gay couple make out. I don't want to watch a straight couple make out. I don't want to watch anybody make out. All right. I don't want my kids going to a straight pride parade where everybody's grinding on everybody. No, I'm not interested in that. I think the vast majority of gay people look at a gay pride. If you watch some footage from a gay pride parade, you just go, the hell's wrong with these people it's not as though society is forcing them to live a life of puritanical oppression the rest of the year but this one day oh boy howdy they let it all hang out no no they don't so you don't need to be walking up with uh, nothing between you and what god uh, what god gave you and and uh, the kid in front of you and give a five-year-old a condom or a penis-shaped sucker. You don't need to do that unless there's something fundamentally wrong with you. And I think the vast majority of gay people go, ugh, no, this is not who we are. This is not who I am. You do not represent me. But if they speak out, well, you're just about your closet. You're, you're afraid. You're embarrassed. You're, you're rejecting your own people. It's like being a black conservative. Oh, the, whatever the gay equivalent of an Uncle Tom is. I'm sure there is one. You're an Aunt Dorothy. I don't know if that's true or not. I think that actually, I I might have heard that before. But it's ridiculous who they are. And so Disney has on their Zoom call to let you know where their priorities are. In addition to everybody going, oh, what about my gig? Oh, I've I've got two trans kids. I've got four trans kids, okay? I have 17 trans kids. They're all coming. I have a trans kid in Canada. You just, you never met him. That's why he's up there. They brought in an activist. They have activism partners. 
Why? Because it's the happiest place on earth, and everybody knows that left-wing activists are, well, they have to keep the happy in check, lest everybody just be happy. The left-wing activists come in and make sure everybody's miserable, judges everybody. They have an activist partnership with Equality Florida, which again means that if you're going to Disney World, Epcot, Disneyland, Disney anything, or you're doing anything with Disney, what happens? You're paying for this stuff. You're paying for this stuff. This is a woman called Nadine Smith of Equality Florida, absolutely straight out, 100% unequivocally lying about how gay people are oppressed in this country because it you scare the hell out of people who are ignorant who won't go read a story in any conservative site they're just it's easier to be stupid and scared in hollywood because then you can get a job because you're a leftist than to think for yourself and go something about i would have heard about this if this were the case listen to what this idiot talks about when we react to this a lot of us are reacting from the pain we experience of being isolated and stigmatized in school we're also reacting from the reality that when they can erase you when they can criminalize your existence when they can demonize who you are the next step is to criminalize you and take your kids and we're already seeing that in texas we're already seeing that in wait a second texas has criminalized being gay and they're actively seizing the children of gay people i missed a memo Of course, that's not happening. It's a lie. But nobody in this Disney Zoom call thought to go, wait a second, that doesn't even sound right. None of them questioned it. None of them thought, you know how like a dog hears a noise and the head kind of tilts, like what the hell was that? Like the RCA dog staring at the only, like what is that noise? That head tilt? Nobody does that. Nobody does anything. Nobody goes, excuse me, um... Are you saying that gay people are being rounded up in Texas, being stripped of their parental rights and being shoved in prisons because they're gay? Because I would I would take issue with that. If that were the case, I don't take to the streets for much. But if you're arresting consenting adults for doing things that consenting adults are doing, I would have a problem with that. I would take to the streets to that. But it's not happening. It's not anywhere close to happening. She's just lying. Why? Because it worked. She's on a Zoom call with Disney. She's one of Disney's activism partners, which means that Disney bucks are going directly into her pocket. Disney bucks aren't going into her pocket because she's sitting there going, you know what? We got it better than anybody's ever had it before. Things are going great. Yeah, no, things are. I couldn't imagine how things could go any better. Well, you start spewing that stuff, that hate. Who's going to raise, who's going to give you money? Disney's not going to, wait, they they just say everything's fine. Well, we can put our checkbook away. We don't have to deal with that. No, it's oppression. They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. And when you've got the corporate president, Carrie Burke, going, "Uh, two of my five children are gay or trans or pansexual or whatever. I don't know. All I know is I... Hey, when a wooden spoon goes missing, I know not to ask any questions and I just buy a new one. It's just better for sanitary reasons and everybody else. I, you know, I don't know what a pansexual is, but you don't want, you want to bring your own utensils if you eat at my house. That's all I'm saying. No, she doesn't. She says, oh my God, there are these horrible forces out there that are rounding up gay people. They want to round them up. They want to take away their kids. 
I have to, since she's probably giving some of her own money, but I have to give more of our corporate money to these people too. And it's all ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. The lie is perpetuated. The cash keeps flowing. Reality is perverted. Victimhood is perpetuated. It's the progressive circle of life, just like at the uh, in The Lion King. Isn't that where the circle of life comes from? No wonder Disney's so open to it. And lastly, on this issue, the White House weighs in because the White House always lays, weighs in. Uh, well, both the president and uh, Secretary Cardona spoke out very forcefully uh, against the law. The president also uh, put out a statement uh, yesterday uh, about the uh, tragic impact of this kind of law on incredibly vulnerable uh, uh, population. And he said that, you know, by signing this bill, the governor has chosen to target some of Florida's most vulnerable students and families, all while under the guise of parents' rights. So the Department of Education, as you noted, uh, will continue, will monitor. Uh, yeah, the most vulnerable. The most vulnerable. It's really amazing. They're going to monitor it. We're going to keep watching. It's the most vulnerable. It's a woke off. It's a vulnerable off. Pathetic. Just pathetic. We're going to bother. We're going to watch it. It's because it's the super most vulnerable. Go away. Uh, by the way, there is uh, another one of those revelations in the media, in other news. I know it wasn't going to be all just uh, gay uh, Disney stories today. The Washington Post has a story. We'll probably get into this more tomorrow because I've gone on long enough today. But inside Hunter Biden's multi-million dollar deals with a Chinese energy company. Whoa. Suddenly there's an interest in this. A Washington Post review confirms key details and offers new documentation of Biden family interactions with Chinese executives. There's nothing new about it except that finally the Washington Post is paying attention to it. When given an opportunity, eventually, after every other single possibility has been thoroughly and completely exhausted, the left will do some journalism. So the deal was years in the making. The culmination of forging contracts, hosting dinners, of flights to and from China. But on August 2nd, 2017, signatures were quickly affixed. One of Hunter Biden, uh, the other of a Chinese executive named Gwen, uh, Gong Dong. <clears throat> named Gong Dong. Within days, uh, a new... Cathay Bank account was created. Within a week, millions of dollars started to change hands. Within a year, it would all begin to collapse. Now, it's interesting, 2017, that's when Joe was going, maybe I'm the one who's starting to think about it. And this is what I tell you. They play the long con on the left, be they communists, be they you know, communists in this country. They throw some money at Hunter. Maybe his dad runs for president. Maybe his dad gets the nomination. Maybe his dad wins the presidency. You throw some money at it that won't really you know, skin off your teeth. You're already in good and ready to go. So you take a risk. They probably threw money around to a lot of Democrats would be my guess. So while many aspects of Hunter Biden's financial arrangements, arrangements with CEFC China Energy have been previously reported, yeah, they were, and you ignored them. And were included in a Republican-led Senate report from 2020. A Washington Post review confirmed many of the key details and found additional documents showing Biden family interactions with Chinese executives. 
See, eventually, all right, now I guess we got to do some journalism. Why? Because there's, uh, there is the firm belief that Hunter Biden will soon be indicted, that the evidence against him for at a minimum tax evasion is far too great. Mass scale tax evasion, not I cheated on my taxes, but mass scale tax evasion when you're given like a, a gigantic three carat diamond. And you kind of just go, well, we'll stick that in my pocket and forget. That's not, that's not forgetful. That's not, oh, you skipped a line or your accountant bumbled. This is deliberate. So, over the course of 14 months, the Chinese energy conglomerate, and I just want to remind you that Hunter's background in energy is nothing. He has no background in energy. At this point, he had served on the board of Burisma and done absolutely nothing. That, I suppose, would be the closest thing to him being dabbling in energy policy he could get. And yet the Chinese conglomerate, energy conglomerate, and its executives paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle. His uncle. I don't talk about the uncle very much, but every Biden in the world is a corrupt piece of garbage dining out on dad's name. This is according to government records, court documents, and newly disclosed bank statements, as well as emails contained in a copy of a laptop hard drive that purportedly once belonged to Hunter Biden. Wait a second. Now the Washington Post is coming around to confirming that which they have vehemently and eagerly denied for two years, that Hunter Biden's laptop is in fact real and is in fact a treasure trove of documentation on the corruption of the Biden family. Now that, now that the election is over, now that the New York Times has already cracked the dam, the Washington Post goes, all right, Damn it, I guess we've got to do something, too, because they are... The Washington Post is never really the big paper. The New York Times is always the big paper. Washington Post likes to think it's... We're on the same level as the New York Times. They're not on the same... They're not even close to the same level. The New York Times is the big dog. They're the little dog at best. So now they go, oh, the big dog did something. They're always the little dog, by the way, because they... Could have done this story a year ago. They could have done this story two years ago. They could have done this story right as the laptop story was doing. They refused to. And as soon as their competitor does it, they do their own version. It's weird. The Post did not find evidence that Joe Biden personally benefited from or knew details about the transactions with CEFC, which took place after he had left the vice presidency and before he announced his intentions to run for the White House in 2020. It's all very convenient, that sweet spot of, I might run, he might run. Look, you want to get in on this train. You want to get in on the ground level. That's the Hunter Biden pitch. You want to get in on the ground level. 10% for the big guy. Washington Post apparently didn't find that email. Washington Post apparently didn't find how in the hell a guy who's on a public pension was able to afford three mansions in one state that we know of. And how his degenerate, crack-addicted, uh, prostitute-banging son was able to have houses all over the place and live like a damn king, live like a rap star. No, no, we couldn't find any. They, we looked and we didn't find an email that said, 
I'm Joe Biden and I'm corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> it's so pathetic. It's so uh, not surprising, but it's so absolutely pathetic. This Washington Post story is, is something to behold. And one of the authors, it, there's uh, three authors on this thing. Matt Visser, Tom Hamburger, and Craig Timberg. It took three of them to verify what everybody knew two years ago. Also, let's see, three other ones. Josh Dawsey, Alice Kreitz, and Devlin Barrett contributed to this. How many leftist reporters does it take to break a two-year-old story? Turns out six. Six. One of them, Matt Visser, he tweeted, there's another story because now they're patting themselves on the back about how wonderful they are for having gotten to the bottom of this laptop story. New, thousands of emails purportedly from the laptop computer of Hunter Biden are authentic communications that can be verified through cryptographic signatures from technology companies. How the Washington Post analyzed Hunter Biden's laptop. So it's a whole separate separate story on how they, this is what I mean when I say that journalism loves itself. My God, they love themselves. It's so pathetic. They award themselves more trophies than and wards than Hollywood does. But they also do stories about how they did their jobs. It's nobody like, yeah, I just uh, put a roof on that house over there. Now, here's the inside story of how the nails worked. And here's uh, the kind of compressor I used in the nail gun. It's always, no, nobody else goes, I just did my job. Now, here's how I did my job. He, no, it's, I did my job. Here's my job. Check it out. Journalists, not, no, that's not how it goes. But they uh, they did do a little bit of reporting here. Not a whole lot. They're going to die. They got to do just enough. They can no longer pretend it's Russian disinformation. And if you notice, tomorrow we'll go into the substance of this. But if you notice, just from a reportage standpoint, Russian disinformation, all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation has just gone poof. It's just gone poof. Those 50 intelligence community people who signed that letter during the 2020 election saying this is all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. They were all lying. They knew they were lying at the time. Will they face any consequences for this? Will the John Brennans of the world and the Jim Clappers of the world, will they lose their television contributor jobs? They're obviously either lying partisan hacks or horrible at their job and couldn't spot truth or from Russian disinformation. One of those two is true. Will they face any professional consequences? No, they won't. They will not. They will still be liberals in good standing, and that's all that really matters. Nobody who signed that letter will face a question about it, let alone, well, maybe one of them will have to go on there and go, well, why did you sign this? Well, I, uh, I didn't know at the time that it was true, so I thought it was Russian disinformation. What's amazing to me is the Washington or the New York Post managed at the time, in real time, to verify those emails. How? The way you would verify any email. Not through cryptographic signatures, although you could have done that. Maybe they did that too. But they looked at an email with like five people on it, one of whom being Hunter talking about corrupt business practices. And they emailed them and said, hey, did you get this email? And many of them responded, yes, I did. 
which pretty good way of verifying something. What's amazing to me is the Washington Post is now going, we did this through cryptographic. You could have done that probably in the course of a day back in 2020. You probably could have done this in the course of a day back in 2020 and then reported on these emails back then. And all the pictures of Hunter with all his different prostitutes and all his different crack pipes and getting high. You could have done all of this back at the time. And you, not only you didn't, you did none of it. In fact, worse than that, they not only didn't do this, none of it, they did the exact opposite. They declared something they hadn't bothered to try to verify to be probably, they always threw that qualifier in, Russian disinformation. They threw it all in there. That was probably Russian disinformation. So when they talked about the story, to the extent they talked about it, and they had to cover it a little bit because Donald Trump mentioned it in debates. They said, well, these are unproven. These are ridiculous. as all the hallmarks of a Russian disinformation. They did the job of the Democratic Party while simultaneously refusing to do the job of a journalist. The job of a journalist would be to go and see whether or not this is true. They didn't bother. They'd ask Joe about it occasionally, and Joe would go, it's Russian disinformation. And they'd go, yeah, that's kind of what we thought. Never mind. Really, there's a simple way. It's like opening up a jar of mayonnaise. And boy, howdy, it smells, and it's green. And I don't know, is this bad? I can't tell. Is this bad? Well, they're telling me it's Russian disinformation that it's bad. Well, look at the expiration. No, I'm not going to look at the expiration date. Why wouldn't you look at the, it's the easiest way to find out how old this is. I mean, aside from the fact that it's green, maybe it's not green and doesn't smell. You're just kind of nervous about, is this mayonnaise still good? Look at the expiration date. What's it say? Mayonnaise isn't, isn't something that you can use past the sell-by date. It's mayonnaise. If you get bad mayonnaise, it's a bad day for you. So you don't really want to mess with bad mayonnaise. So you check the date. But no, you can't do that. You wouldn't do that. These reporters refused to do that. Now they're doing it. Now it's too late. Or there may be, just maybe, and this could be even more conspiratorial. Get into this tomorrow, too. Maybe they're starting to plow the road. Maybe they're recognizing Joe is not, he's just, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the middle of the back, let alone to the penthouse suite anymore. Kamala Harris is just not popular. There's no propping her up at all. They've got to plow the field for Hillary. Or they've got to, this is their way, you know, the tough love wake-up call for the Democratic Party is saying, look, we, we can take out this senile old dude if you don't start making viable plans for somebody else for 2024. Or maybe they're saying you got to distance yourself from Joe by 2022 to try and hold on to Congress so we don't have those evil, evil Republicans out there, you know, passing legislation that Joe Biden will veto that will empower individuals to be more free and independent from government control. The horror of that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll hash this out over the coming days, but it's very interesting that now suddenly they're doing these stories. Hunter Biden has been under investigation for quite some time. This information, these hard drives were available to anybody who wanted them for a long, long time. You could get a cryptographic signature confirmation 
or just contact the people on those emails inside the course of a day to verify whether or not these were true emails. They refused to do it, refused to do it until now. Could just be as simple as something bad's coming down the pipe and they need to get out in front of it so they're not crushed by it. Or it could be something else. We'll have to figure it all out together. And we'll do just that. We'll do that tomorrow. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. I've gone on long enough. I thought that the Disney story is more important, but we'll dig into this and we'll definitely have answers for you tomorrow. I appreciate the use of your ears and uh, spreading the word about the show. Thank you. I'll be back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.